Welcome to the Dr. Pete Goldman Show. I'm super psyched to have Dr. James Buttertime Wong with me. And um, there's a lot we can talk about. And um, welcome to the show. Well, I'm really glad to be here. I mean, I was just, it's crazy. I was just at your headquarters like not too long ago. So I got to actually see like it in real life. And so now I'm on the other side, back in Berkeley, California, in the crazy, crazy California. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dr. James, you are an expert on many um, health topics. Some are what are known as mainstream health topics like eating yeah. and exercise, and yeah. some are non-mainstream health topics. And you have quite a following, people yeah. who are interested in your ideas on various subjects. And mm-hmm. I find that when it comes to what one might call like conspiracy theories, yes, there's all different things. There are some, there are some so-called conspiracy theories that you know yeah. turn out to be very accurate. And there are, of yes. course, some that are um, inaccurate. But I think you're a very grounded person so that when you, when you talk about things that may not be known to the general population, mm-hmm. you're coming at it from a very grounded and um, logical and open-minded viewpoint. So I think um, the things that you have explored and, and are interested in that you talk about, they come from a, from a good, um, reliable um, area. So on that note, just getting right into it. Yeah. The first thing I want to ask you about, which most people either, well, either don't know about at all. They're just unfamiliar with the concept or, or even if they have heard about it, it's so unfathomable to them that they can't really explore it. Mm -hmm. But there's an idea that the weather, the weather itself is often manipulated. Now, obviously Obviously, some weather is not manipulated. Sometimes it rains or it's cold yeah. or it's snowing or it's windy just because it is. Yes. You know, tornado. Yeah. And, and, and with that said, it appears that the weather mm-hmm. at times is actually manipulated. So if you wouldn't mind, yeah. tell me about who's manipulating it, why okay. is it being manipulated, how is it being manipulated, and anything else you want to add on okay. that subject. Okay. So... Let's see. Well, I, uh, one thing is I'm really into snowboarding. So I go snowboarding every winter, at least, I don't know, 60 days out of the year. Okay. So, so because of that, I'm up to date on news relating to ski resorts. So if you look up ski resorts, Denver, Colorado, those Vail resorts, and you look up ski resorts in California, we have like North star and Squaw Valley, Alpine, you'll find news about cloud seeding, okay? And the, they'll talk about how they manipulate the weather based on their forecasts of the current season. They're like, oh, we're gonna have a low snow season this year, so we spend, they actually show you how much money they spend. They spend like, mil- it's like millions of dollars on, cl- on a cloud seeding program, which means that they shoot lasers into the sky or some, and then it actually manipulates the cloud formation and it makes the clouds bigger. So that's what, according to some articles. And then on top of that, they they take planes that shoot, you know, chemicals in the air. Just think of like AC, for example, it's a chemical and then it makes it cold. So they, they shoot these chemicals in the sky and then they laser them and then they call it cloud seeding. And it actually makes the clouds or the storms bigger so they might get a bigger storm or make it snow more than what was originally forecasted. So for example, so, like let's say like at a ski resort, maybe more yeah. snow might be beneficial, but in general, yeah. 
what are some of the other reasons they'd want to manipulate the weather? Oh, well, okay. So this is another, you can look up articles on this, but there is a, there's a few articles about planning your perfect wedding day. Okay. So you can find an article that says that you can actually pay, I think, $10,000 and make it not rain on your wedding day. Okay. And that's the same kind of idea, weather manipulation. And, and so somehow somebody's out there that allows you to do that. But it's also been done in the government. They used uh, cloud seeding for, I think, Vietnam War. The same thing. They made it rain more so that they had an advantage in terms of going in and, I don't know, fighting and making it easier for them. So there's, a, there's also that as well. So you can look that up. But <clears throat> so it's been around. So cloud seeding is one thing that is done for weather manipulation. But outside of that, you know, there, there's a, I mean, people might, this is a conspiracy theory thought would be like, okay, well, all the hurricanes that happen every year in Florida, they could also be because of weather manipulation. And so, um, so there are some videos that were made that would talk about different names and it'd be like, you know, Hurricane Charlie and then Hurricane Dave and Hurricane uh, Eric and you know Frank and it's just like it just goes on these letters and it just like seems so kind of w strange. It seems like why would they have a hurricane named that? And I don't even know who where they come to, up with these names, you know. So um, and then you watch the Truman Show and then you see them like <laughs> deliberately doing it to Truman, you know, like oh we're gonna make more rain, we're gonna make more lightning, you know. That's uh, okay. Well, that's a, yeah. listen, that's a subject that probably could be discussed for an hour. Okay. And now that we've discussed yeah. it, I'm sure that yeah. <laughs> people can people can explore it a little bit. But I was curious about that. Yeah. Another thing that you mentioned a little bit in your answer, which was another thing I wanted to ask you when you mentioned about yeah. like kind of you alluded a little bit to chemtrails. So for those who don't know, there's an idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it's true or false. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But yeah. there's an idea yeah. that when you look up in the sky and you see these white yeah. you know, lines in the <laughs> sky, those are what's known as chemtrails. And the idea yeah. is it's not a commercial jet just leaving, yeah. you know, some remnant behind it. The yeah. idea is that some, someone or some people or for yeah. some reason, they are trying to just deliberately drop chemicals onto yeah. the earth to yeah. do whatever they're supposed to be doing. Uh, I was actually, I mentioned this to Dr. James that I actually saw, a, I yeah. saw, if you want to call it a chemtrail going straight up in the air now if someone's <laughs> gonna argue that's a commercial jet i think a commercial jet would probably go this way <laughs> or this way but this was going or maybe even landing but this was going yeah. straight up yeah. so anyway that was an interesting uh thing to observe so dr james why yeah. why do what is behind chemtrails if they're indeed true who yeah. in the world is trying to poison the population uh, that's well, that's a that's a very uh, deep, deep subject. So there is a website called geoengineering.org. So so geoengineering has become a more popular term for term for weather manipulation. Um, and and it's basically the solution to climate change is what we call geoengineering. And so there's actually um students that go to college and they learn about geoengineering it's like, like an actual major so so for uc berkeley there was an article written about it and so it's there there um it's there 
approach to climate change. So, so, and if you, you know, look into the news even more, you find out that Bill Gates wants to block the sun. Okay. And so they use geoengineering to block the sun. So they're like, we need to block the sun because of global warming. So then they actually create these cloud formations that you'll see. And if you fly a lot, and I know you fly a lot, you'll look out the window and you're like, dude, they covered all of California in fog. You know, it's completely covered. There's like miles and miles and miles. And then all of a sudden there's like a, there's an opening where there's nothing, but you see this like un abnormal cloud formation. And there's no way that those clouds just form naturally. It's like, why does, why does Bill Gates, like, for example, let's say Bill Gates wanted to block the sun and he was taking steps to do that. How yeah. would that ultimately benefit him? Well, it makes him sound like he's trying to help the world. That's why, because they're, they're, they're thinking that the pollution and all of the, you know, the gas cars and, you know, everything that we do, our industry, our factories are polluting the air, causing global warming. And so if we don't stop it, then we're going to destroy our planet. So that's their theory, right? And so, and then, you know, it just makes, I mean, you can, I haven't watched any of his uh, Netflix episodes, but he's got like, he became like this celebrity overnight, basically by creating all these documentaries. And, um, and now everyone believes him to be like some medical expert. Okay. Let me, <laughs> or, let me, or science expert or whether. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Let's just talk for a moment, speaking yeah. of, you know, things like chemicals in the environment, let's just talk about tap water. Oh, yeah. So, like, for example, first of all, I would think, I don't know for sure, I would think globally, yeah. tap water has varying degrees of cleanliness, oh, safety, yeah. et cetera. Like, if you have tap water in Flint, yeah. Michigan, it's probably different than having tap water in Berkeley, California, or maybe in some, maybe in, uh, you know, Paris, France, I don't know. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about um, what is in tap water. Why shouldn't it be in tap water? Yeah. Why, you know, should people drink filtered water? Should they drink spring water? Should they drink yeah. distilled water? Okay. Uh, or should they just drink tap water? What, what's going on? What are your thoughts on tap water in general? Okay. So, um, yeah, that's a great question. So, number one, um, we don't really know what's in our water. I mean, we can, we can test it ourselves i guess take it to a lab but, but in general what we are told is that there's there's fluoride in our water for our own good there's chlorine in our water for our own good and then they filter whatever other chemicals that might be in the water so that's what we have been told and and the funny thing is i go onto the east bay mud or i go to the, the municipal water district over here and i go to their website and it actually says their water comes from a natural spring. It's really crazy, but that's total BS. So, but I looked at it and they have all these, like, it's a lot of propaganda on their website, but I have many patients that have worked for East Bay mud for the water district. And they say they don't even take showers with the water. They get a filter, they filter everything and they don't drink it for sure. So, so there's definitely something wrong with the water, but I would say before 2020, I felt like I could drink tap water and like not die, you know? But now I don't even trust it. Like there's something funny about the water. It smells funny. It smells like extra chlorinated. I was in Tennessee and it was like reeking chlorine coming out of the faucet when I was brushing my teeth. So, um, so there's definitely cl uh, chlorine and fluoride in our water. Well, and on so that note, on that note, let's just say people are putting 
um, fluoride and chlorine in the water. Do you think, A, they just don't know any better and they think that the fluoride is good for something and the chlorine is cleaning it? Or do you think, or do you think like chemtrails, someone's trying to poison the population? Well, I mean, the history of fluoride was that it was a, it was like a military waste that they had that they, I forget exactly the whole history of it, but it was a military waste that was toxic, a toxic chemical. And so they had to figure out a solution, like, how can we get rid of this waste? And so they connected with dentists and they figure out this big fat, you know, lie, I guess. And, and they diluted it and they just put it into our water source, which is really insane. Um, and then some people have, you know, they say that it messes the pineal gland and it makes us like dumber. So, um, so, you know, it's, it's possible. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you this. Um, when it comes to people who yeah. have been damaged yeah. by either smelling in chemtrail yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. stuff or yeah. drinking <laughs> water or maybe yeah. taking a inoculation of some yeah. type or yeah. several inoculations yes. and they come to you. Yes. You are a uh, doctor and they come yeah. to you and you, yeah. you say to them something like, Hey, I see that, you know, there's obviously damage here from, you know, the environment of the chemtrails, yeah. the, yeah. the tap water or some inoculations yeah. they took. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, they have, you know, they're obviously in trouble. They, they, uh, maybe in trouble sounds a little dramatic, yeah. but <laughs> they're obviously, you know, not healthy. Yes. What are, what are the things you do with them to help them get healthy? Because ultimately, whether they come to you once, twice, yeah. or yeah. 30 times, yeah. the, the idea is for them to go from the unhealthy state to the healthy state. What are the interactions in your office? Okay. And what are you giving them to take and telling okay. them to do, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. That's, that's another great question. So um, let's see. Well, first off, I would go through their symptoms, try to figure out what symptoms do they have? Do they have congestion? Do they have headaches? That kind of thing. So um, fatigue, fever, you know, if they have extreme symptoms, then it's definitely like I need to usually detox them. There's some, some poison in their body. That's usually I find there's some toxin, whether it's heavy metals, pesticides, um, or like chlorine or fluoride or you know something like that. Is this so, is this by the way tested through muscle testing and or other ways? How how do you determine yeah, like oh this yeah. person has so and so toxin? We're going to okay. give them this detoxification. Yeah. Yes. So I mostly do it through muscle testing, but some people come in with a hair. Like I've had patients bring in all their lab work and their heavy metal tests and all that like they've done, and then I actually correlate it with muscle testing and it lines right up. So <clears throat> so I have mostly do it through muscle testing and I have vials that are frequency based. So if you think about it, all water can be programmed just like microchips are, are basically like, um, stones that are programmed, you know, with information. So same thing. So water can be programmed. So, and there's all, you know, books about that, the Emoto book that shows like the crystals and they, you know, they say if you write certain words on the water, it comes out differently on the microscope. So, for those who don't know, by the way, just I just want to yeah. say that Dr. James made a great point and not everyone may be familiar with that, but I believe yeah. there was a Japanese scientist and he yeah. looked at um, water under a microscope and he would say something like, I love you. And it would make like this beautiful shape. And then he would say like, I hate you. And it would make this you know horrible shape yeah. and things like that. So yes. I, I think that's what he's referring to. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so 
Um, so it's really fascinating. So they've over, they, over the years, they've created vials that they can program with different frequencies that would represent a toxin or represent uh, a, a homeopathic remedy or, or a vitamin. So first I determine through that process if they have a toxin and if they have a toxin, then it'll show up basically through muscle testing. Their, their body will show up weak in a sympathetic response. That means that any muscle in their body will turn off and it will, it will go into a global weakness. And so all I have to do is either touch the vial while I'm testing a muscle and their arm will shut off if that's something that their body's sensitive to. So, um, but also, um, my approach is always to fix the brain first. And that's why, you know, I know that you teach zone technique and I like zone for that. So I check the brain, make sure that there's no zones that are out of place. So that's first thing. So I make sure the brain's working and then I go through and I test their body for different, um, sensitivities. And if what, do you, have what have you found in the last um, X amount of years where inoculations have been more common, whether okay. it's, a, you know, okay. Number one. Yeah. 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 So number one, it would be some heavy metal toxin, usually mercury or, um, mercury or iron. And so that's where it's unique. Iron never showed up before 2020 or 2021 or whatever, but now it shows up all the time. And so some people might say that graphene oxide is the same as iron. It's like the same, you know, compound or molecular structure. So, so it's, it's fascinating that iron showed up a lot in a lot of the folks that were inoculated. Uh, mercury does show up too, but maybe there's the same amount of mercury and people detox mercury easily, but the iron doesn't detox so well. Maybe there's a high load of it in the system of graphene oxide. And then I also think that there could be a lot of iron or graphene in the air as well. You know, it's just, but definitely in the, in the inoculation. So, okay, cool. Um, let me ask, sorry, did you want to expand on that point? Oh yeah. So I'm just saying, so after I checked them for, um, for toxins, we, you know, offer different binders or things to detox the body. Um, I also check them for EMF sensitivity, so they might be sensitive to electronics, um, so cell phone, Bluetooth. So in the same way, if I put their cell phone next to the ear like they're talking about it, I can check a muscle to see if their muscle stays functional, but if it shuts off, that means that they're sensitive to that radiation. No, I'm just pausing there for a sec. If yeah. you found someone, you put their phone next to their ear, you yeah. tested them, you found they were sensitive to have the phone that close yeah. to the ear... Would you say, okay, well, listen, we're going to now balance and or clear your body in a way that yeah. you can do that? Or do you just say, hey, your body doesn't like that. Don't do that. So, yeah. So sometimes it depends. I do both because some patients are not, are not, uh, um, I guess, ready for abstinence. So I don't go over abstinence. I just say, hey, I'm going to improve your body. It's going to get stronger. And then this won't be so sensitive in your body, which would be like improving the thyroid or the heart or the brain. But, but if they sound like, oh yeah, I don't need my Apple watch. I don't need my AirPods. I'll, I'll, I'll throw them away. Then I'll be like, okay, cool. You know, like some people are more open to that, but you can tell when folks um, are not. So then when they're not, I don't, I just say, I'm going to improve your body and we're going to get you stronger. Do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think that, I mean, of course now we're only, we'd only be hypothesizing. It's hard to know this, but I'm just wondering what you think. Do you think that people who make like Apple and Samsung 
they know, they know when these devices are in certain proximity to people, it is not beneficial to the body. And they're just like, we don't care because we're making money. Or do you think that they don't even know that they, they, that doesn't occur to them. They're just making these (laughs) devices and it doesn't even occur to them that it would have any effect on anyone's health. They don't think about that. Um, I think if you, if you follow mainstream, mainstream news and health news, they will say that cell phones, they operate on a, on a certain wavelength or frequency that is safe and it doesn't affect the brain. They have it under microwave radiation and along that chart, it says it's safe. So according to their science, they'll think it's safe. But if you read the manual of your iPhone, it'll say it's not safe for pregnant women, may cause cancer, all these things are in the manual. Okay, so, and then historically from what I heard that all the technology was used in the military before it was used for civilians and so, you know, they have probably all these studies, just like they had studies on inoculations that, you know, that were probably not safe or effective, but they still release it. And then afterwards, after the fact, people have issues and then they cover it up with some news article that says it's safe, you know. Let me, let me ask you this. When it comes to, we've been talking a lot about chemical things and yeah. toxin things. Yeah. Uh, physical things now of course it's also like you know a metaphysical world and there's emotions how they affect the body and stuff so let me let me ask you a a question that relates to kind of an example of different ways to look at something physically and of course then there's the idea associated with it i'll be more specific and you might have heard this before because i've mentioned it before but there's a cool story where i'm not going to go through all the details but there was a guy who was like a real seeker And he was uh, living in India. And in India, he was studying with a Hatha yoga master who told Mm -hmm. him to chew his food until it became liquid. So he said, when when you chew your food, chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it. So it's just like liquid. And he said, you know, a lot of the digestion, his teacher, his Hatha yoga teacher said, a lot of the digestion even starts in the mouth with the saliva and stuff. So this guy was doing that. But then later, like I said, this guy was a real spiritual seeker. He actually was, I think it was either in Iran or Afghanistan. I don't know yeah. which one, but yeah. he started studying with a Sufi master, yeah. a Sufi master. He was very high level Sufi master. And he was, he kind of got into the inner circle with the Sufi master and they were having dinner with the Sufi master who was legit with his students, who this guy became one of. And when they were all eating, he was Chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing. Because remember, he he had come from India where he had learned to do that. And the Sufi master said, what are you doing? He said, oh, well, I, I was in India. This Hatha yoga master told me to chew my food. You know, that that's why I digest it better. And the mm-hmm. Sufi master said, that's actually exactly wrong. You're making all your stomach and all the digestive apparatus, you know, like around your stomach weaker because it doesn't have to work to do anything you actually, you actually want to not chew your food so much. I mean, you have to chew it enough to swallow it. Yeah. And if it even said, and once in a while, just let a little piece go down there because it keeps the, this apparatus really strong, like the stomach and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So whatever the guy concluded, he concluded. Yeah. I, I, from what I understand, the Sufi master had a big effect on him and he was like, okay, I'm going to start doing that. And then he, sure enough, started digesting his food well, even though he wasn't chewing it good because he kind of accepted this idea that yeah. it was good for him. But before, if yeah. he ever didn't chew some food right, he would feel that he didn't feel good because he had this idea that he had to chew it. 
So this is my question to you because you understand all these levels. Yes, yes, yes. You have, you have this one physical advice of chewing it a lot, another physical advice of not chewing it too much. Yes. But when he kind of believed in one, it worked well. And he, when he believed in the other, it worked yes. well. So my question is, A, which one do you like better? Do you like the Hatha yoga guy or the Sufi master just on a physical level? And B, how strong is that? How strong is the emotional component and the idea world that it can suit? Because let's say one of them was wrong. I don't know who's wrong, but apparently the idea supersedes everything in that example. Okay. Well, I'd say that they're both right in their own way. And then, um, so there is not like one or the other. And then um, but I lean more towards the Sufi guy a little bit, but, but, but in general, yes, the, there is a part of our brain um, that I, I would call it, I call it the default mode network. So it's default, default mode network. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's the part of your brain that um, is a little bit deeper. It allows you to connect to, to higher things. And so, so it's, um, it's also your ability to multitask and focus. So if you can't multitask or focus, which some people are like zombies, basically, they can't focus. They're literally just like zombies. So um, they won't be healthy because their brain is not working. So so going back to the concept of it. So like when somebody is able to have that deeper understanding of something and that concept, they can uh, intentionally overpower um whatever the negative thing is, you know, whether it's EMF radiation or the weather outside, but it takes a lot of energy and focus. So if their brain's not working, they can't do it. That's one. So if they, and then number two, it takes a lot of energy and focus. So sometimes it's nice to like not have to. So like, say you live in a toxic polluted area and you don't want to meditate and focus all day on fighting that toxin. So you just move to Hawaii or you move to New Zealand or whatever, and then you don't have to worry about that. And you have your energy put to other things. So I kind of look at it like that. Sometimes it's this, like, okay. On that note, you know, there's a book by, uh, well, the book is by Kuishi Tohei, who was yeah. a great, great key Aikido master. And he said yeah. in his book, I hope I'm, I hope I'm quoting it right, but yeah. let, let's try Let's try to examine this. He said, look, yeah. he said when he was fighting in world war two, yeah. Or Japan, he's Japanese. He was yeah. fighting in China, and he got like caught behind enemy lines. Yeah. So like they they couldn't get their food supply to them anymore. Yeah. So they were just like they had in their backpack they had rice. That's it, rice. They had like rice in the backpack, but they didn't have any clean water to make it. Matter of fact, they were they were making it with water from like these very dirty like ponds or just yeah. terrible, terrible. But they would have starved otherwise. But but on that note. They're, you know, they're in this war, their adrenaline is going, they're in like this whole different like mindset. They're trying like not to get yes. killed, whatever. Yes. And they know they'll starve if they don't eat this rice. Yes. So they make this disgusting rice with this terrible water that's totally diseased and yeah, polluted, yeah. but they're fine. They were like, they were completely fine just because of like all the mindset yes. around yes. it. Cause yes. it was like pure survival. Yes. But you know, after 1945, when world war two ended, yeah. If this guy went to a nice restaurant in Tokyo yeah. and they served them horrible rice, he would have gotten sick. They would say, oh, he got food poisoning from this. So mm-hmm. how do you think that yeah. what is going on? It's almost like an expansion of what you said about living near a certain like radiation, okay. but you kind of right. have a good mindset. 
What do you think is going on in these extreme examples where eating something that would just make almost anyone sick, but because of the mental circumstance, they just adapted and they were just fine. How does, how does that work? So to me, that's because of uh, like the same as the water, the negative thoughts, negative, anything negative will make you weak. You know, so if you think, oh no, you know, you have a fear mindset of like whatever's outside, then that's going to shut you down. But if you have a totally different aspect, you say, you know what, there's like chemtrails out there. It's great. You know, but, but I'm so blessed with my family. I have, you know, I have amazing, I, I mean, I'm in California, I have amazing food and source that I'm like, who cares about chemtrails? So like you can kind of shift your, your mindset so that you're more positive. So you are more gratitude. So that's why all of the positive mindsets, like gratitude, having faith, hope, all the things in the rays of the dawn, but having faith, hope, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, like these are positive attributes to have. Those will keep you going, I believe, in hardship and, you know, in tough times or whatever. It's the same thing. So like- I think, by the way, I just want to say that I think what you said in the last, you know, few moments is one of the most important things that we've talked about today. And everyone can learn from that is yeah. even someone like yourself, who's a real expert on and understands like the freaking fluoride in the tap water, the chemtrails, you yeah. know, the inoculations. But you're saying that this attitude of just being like grateful and yes. positive, it mm-hmm. somehow can, I don't, I don't know if override is the word, but it can really have a, an effect that makes most, if not all that stuff, um, inoperative. Yeah. So I'll say the, the, what it, what it goes down to, it really goes down to your spirit, your energy or whatever you people call it, but different things like, but life source. But basically I've dealt with really unhealthy people, people who, you know, also athletes that are like totally injured and they're still able to perform, but that's because their spirit is so strong. They have a strong will and they have a strong spirit and that keeps them through, which is the same with Kohei. Like, like going through all the, in the war, eating a bunch of crap, but their will is so strong. And you see this with a lot of mothers too. They might be a single mom with like five kids, but they make it through because their spirit. How does one, how does one outside of being born with a lot of, you know, we'll we'll use the word spirit. How does one um, increase their spirit and make it more powerful? So you already talked about many of the benefits. How does one just say, okay, from now on, I'm going to do X, Y, Z to have a stronger spirit. So that is, a, I think, a pretty deep, deep uh, question. So that usually means that they have to have some faith. And so whether they find it in church or, or in some other spiritual uh, journey, but they do have to examine themselves and examine the world. Like there has to be a little bit of, um, uh, I guess, uh, deeper, deep, deeper um, observation of the world. They can't just be like, I'm going to make money and enjoy life. But there's like contemplation. Um, I, that's why I, I talk a lot about pausing and reflection, like a lot of reflection. And, and so it would come from people who I guess would consider themselves spiritual folks. So if you hang out with other people who are spiritual, you can also figure that out. Um, so I think the church is a great place for that, but everyone has different ideas on that. So um, I think so faith and contemplation, because you you kind of, if I had to summarize what you're saying, yeah. is faith yeah. and con- like having faith yeah. in something, hopefully yeah. something legit, yeah, and whatever that may be, and yeah. also just contemplation. And by the way, many people don't know this, but 
when I think you'll like this, Dr. James, is that most people, when they talk about meditation, they think about just like closing their eyes and clearing yeah. their mind, which yeah. of course is fine. That's, that's yeah. a way to meditate. No problem. Some people say a mantra, whatever. But I believe if you look up the word meditation in a dictionary, yeah. it actually means to contemplate. It means contemplation. Yeah. Actually, meditation means to contemplate, which is why people will say like, oh, I'm going to meditate on that for a few days. You know, they really mean they're going to contemplate it. So yeah. I think contemplating and having faith is a great combo. And by the way, you may not know this, but I'm going to tell you this, that Dr. Yeah. Fleet, who of course you're familiar with, yeah. Dr. Fleet, in, and anyone who's watching this uh, video who's not familiar with Dr. Fleet, could just go to drthurmanfleet.com, drthurmanfleet.com, mm-hmm. and you can learn all about him. But anyway, Dr. Fleet said the best meditation, but he meant contemplation. Yeah, yeah. He said the best meditation that anyone can do is to contemplate every day the all-powerfulness, all-presence, and all-knowingness of God. He said that's the best one you can do. And he said if people just spend you know X amount of time per day and they contemplate that God is all-present, which is everywhere, all-powerful, which means Mm -hmm. nothing happens outside of God's will, and all-knowing, which means God knows everything that is happening, has ever happened, or will ever happen, he said that will actually make you evolve spiritually faster than anything else. Yes. So I hope I'm quoting him right. I believe well, no, I am. That's, so yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. You said kind of very, very similar. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly. And so I, I think um, I'm trying to, yeah, there's a, there's a, I think it's in Galatians in the Bible, but it's the fruit of the spirit. And these are like attributes of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, goodness and self-control. I think that sounds like the rays of dawn, laws of the soul. Similar, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's very similar. Um, and and I think that's really what people really deep down want to be. They want to have those attributes in their kids and in themselves. So, um, so I think that's where you can examine your spirituality to see: Do I have patience? Let me. Uh, yeah. Let me. I know you have to go to work in yes, three minutes. Yes, so, yes, so I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna yes. just summarize one thing and ask you a final question. Yeah. The summary is, I think it's very interesting. If you listen yeah. to Dr. James's um, points today, yeah. some of it had to do with very you know physical things, chemical things, but he really came back to the spiritual things and yeah. many of the spiritual things supersede the physical things. So that was great input, great yeah. advice for everybody. Um, the final question um, in the few minutes we have before you head off to work um, is about diet. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, there's people who are vegan. There are people who are vegetarian. Yeah. There are people who only eat organic. There are people who eat some organic. Yeah. There are people who are carnivore. There are people who do a keto diet. There are, <laughs> pe- there's so, there are people who uh, intermittent fast. Yeah. So in the last couple minutes, give us some of your expertise with all this varying yeah. opinions of the so-called experts on, on diet. What have you determined about diet? Uh, we'll have to say this for another episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I, I actually think, uh, cause I see all of the above and I think again, it's energetic. So I test people, I muscle test them and I kind of determine what's best, but typically nutrient dense is usually the best uh, for people. So high in vitamins and minerals I have, uh, I mean, I just went to Weston A. Price uh, foundation conference in, in Tennessee. It was amazing. And mostly they're talking about organ meats and eating, you know, animals. So that's like the highest amount, um, of, of vitamins and minerals that you'll get in a, a fist, you know? So, so I kind of lean more towards like high fat diet. 
So high fat for sure. So just eat a lot of fat, avocados, olive oil, and animal meats if you eat meat. But if you don't eat meat, just eat a lot of fat. So that's kind of my simple answer for that. Um, I hope that is a... Is it's great. How about, uh, how about organic, fully, none, partially? Where, 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 do you, where are you with that? Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm again, a, it's a, a happy animals that are organic, grass-fed. So grass-fed meats and then, um, you know, same with the, the milk coming from grass-fed cows. And, and then your organic vegetables, um, spring water, you know, clean water from the, you know, from the mountains. Uh, yeah, I think you should feel good when you eat your food. And so if you feel like crap, then you're probably doing something wrong. Probably a good hint. All right. I know you got to run. Dr. Yeah. James, awesome interview. I really appreciate it. And I think a lot of people can learn a lot of things by considering some of the things you said. So thank you. All right. Take care, Pete.